السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد في طريق المسجد الأقصى we are continuing on the history or the real history of Masjid Al-Aqsa where we have seen that Ya'qub alayhi salam, the son of Ishaq, the son of the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam, he has migrated after his greatest son Yusuf alayhi salam welcomed him to Egypt because there was a lot of difficulty uh, in the lands of Palestine. Now he is in Egypt, like we said, he migrated with his children. Ya'qub had famous, less, you know, 12 children, 11 together with Yusuf and with some of his grandchildren. And we want to re-emphasize the fact that now we are at the time when Ya'qub passes away. Allah says in the Quran, Am kuntum Were you there? Allah reprimands and reproaches who? The Jews and the Christians who claim falsely that these are their prophets. Allah says, were you there? When death came to Ya'qub, if Qalibanihi, when he said to his children who are around him, Mata Abuduna Mimbadi, what are you going to worship after me? Qalu, and they all said the twelve children of Ya'qub was also called Israel, like we said. And Israel in their language it meant Abdullah, the servant of Allah. Qalu, his children replied and saying, What? Na'abudu ilahaka, we'll worship your Lord. Wa ilaha abaika Ibrahim wa Ismail wa Ishaq, the Lord of your father, Ibrahim and Ismail and Ishaq. Ilaha wahidan. The only one true Lord, pure Tawheed, Islam. Muslimun, And we are Muslims to him, to Allah. So they are Muslims. Ya'qub he passes away. He leaves his 12 children and some of his grandchildren. Now, we know Yusuf, they call him Joseph in English. We know Binyamin, who is the full brother of Yusuf. Their mother was also wife. And we also know there's someone else. We're not going to mention all of them. We mentioned the ones who you want. One of them was, was also called, in Arabic we call him Lawi. In English they call him Levi. Okay, Levi is one of the 12 children of Ya'qub. And Levi, he gave birth to his son who's called Kohath. Now Kohath was he born when they migrated to Egypt or was he born in Egypt? Allah Alam. But Kohath was born to Levi and Kohath, he gave birth to his son called Imran, Imran, and Imran is the father of the great prophet Musa ibn Imran. So Musa السلام, he is Musa, the son of Imran, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, the son of Ya'qub, Israel, the prophet of Allah, son of Ishaq, son of Ibrahim. So this is the lineage of Musa السلام. and if you see Musa will be either second or third generation Banu Israel were born in Egypt. Now we call them Banu Israel. In Arabic it's called, but they're called Banu Israel. And Allah calls them that in the Quran a lot, meaning the children of Israel. Because they all come from Israel, Ya'qub. Ya'qub had his 12 children. His 12 children gave birth 
to this ummah, to this nation called Banu Israel. Okay, so Musa is from Banu Israel. Is Musa the son of son of Imran, son of Kohat, son of Levi, the son of Yaqub, Israel? Before we continue on with the story of Musa now, in the prophets of Banu Israel and Masjid al-Aqsa, like we mentioned, these people, this ummah, this nation, they are tied to Masjid al-Aqsa. We cannot in any way, you know, evade that or their history, some of it at least. Before we start, I want to emphasize a very important point about our aqidah, our belief as Muslims. And that is our aqidah in the prophets of Allah. We know from the six foundations of Iman is to believe in Allah and his angels and his books and his messengers, his prophets. Part of the belief in prophets is to believe that Allah he sent the best human beings. Allah he chose the best human beings. Allah chose the best human beings and he sent them as prophets who carried his message to humanity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he brought humans who he made infallible. They did not make or commit sins. That is what we believe as Muslims. That is the correct aqidah. They were humans, yes. They had human needs. They had to sleep. They had to eat, yes. Maybe they made wrong judgment sometimes, yes. But sinning, let alone major sins, that can never happen from the prophets of Allah. And it's part of our aqidah, our belief as Muslims, that whoever, this is by the consensus of all the Muslim scholars, eh? whoever speaks bad, or curses, or reviles, or disrespects any of the prophets of Allah, then that person has committed kufr. He's out of Islam, she's out of Islam. That is the worst, one of the worst blasphemy you can commit in Islam. It is to speak, it is to speak evil about any of the prophets of Allah, let alone cast them. This is very important. This is a strong part of our belief as Muslims. Because Allah is not going to send humans who are sinful and evil. How will they lead people? We humans, we, we love excuses. We would have said, Ya Allah, you sent to us someone who is evil himself. And we all know that the messengers and the prophets were sent to bring the message, but also to show the message. They were the best role models. Huh? Now, since we're talking about the prophets of Banu Israel and so on, if you look at the Bible, which they call the Bible today, the Old Testament supposed to be the Torah, the Torah, and the New Testament is supposed to be the Gospel, the Injil, which we believe, with no doubt, it is not the words of Allah. It is a book which they wrote with their own hands. It has some truth, but that is not the book of Allah. That is not the Torah and the Injil sent to Musa and, and Isa, uh, uh, respectively, after. Alayhimussalam. That is not. And all of the biggest proofs to show you that, if you read the Bible, and I was supposed to come with my Bible to show you that, but I just forgot. If you are to read the Bible, and don't go reading the Bible, unless you're someone who's properly affirmed in your aqidah, in your Islam, you will find the worst, despicable, dirty, evil stuff they wrote about prophets, who they claim they follow those prophets. And that is one of the strongest proofs to show these are the books which they wrote by their own hands. And Allah says in the Quran, Allah gives a warning to those who write a book with their own hands and then they say this is the book of Allah because they want to gain something. To give you examples, they say about Nuh in the Bible, they say about Nuh who they call Noah in English, that he slept 
and he committed incest, as we call it in English. He slept with his own daughter-in-laws. Okay? They say about um, Daw uh, before Dawood, they say about Yaqub, Israel, and they call themselves the children of Israel. They say that God, or they call Yahweh, God came down and he wrestled, wrestling with Yaqub. And Yaqub defeated God. This is in the Bible. Okay? They say about um, Dawood, alayhi salam. They say that Dawood, or before Dawood, Lut, Prophet Lut, alayhi salam, they say that he slept with his own daughters. He slept with his own daughters, waliyadhan billah. They say about Dawood, alayhi salam, who we're going to mention today, that Dawood, he looked at the wife of Uriah, one of his generals, and he wanted her. So he ended up committing adultery with her. And she became pregnant. In fact, they say he raped her, waliyadhan billah, and then he sent Uriah to be killed so that he can take his wife. Who he had wept. La ilaha illallah. Things which you cannot even fathom, man. You cannot even think people can say those kind of things. They say about Suleiman that Suleiman he wanted to appease and to please one of his wives, and she used to be an idolatress. She used to worship idols. So she said to Suleiman, You have to worship this idol also and build it for me. And he accepted that. Audhu billah. Things which you would lose your mind, and this is the Bible they have today. We as Muslims, I'm telling you this because we're going to see now this Ummah, how it is tied to Baytul Maqdis and Masjid Al-Aqsa, and how Allah took it away from them. Because like we mentioned last time in the last episode, Allah says, This land, this earth belongs to Allah. He gives it to His righteous servants. If you're good, true, proper Muslims, Allah gives us authority and on the land, and Allah establishes Islam. If you're bad, disobeying, we don't follow our prophets. Allah, he gives it to the enemies of Islam and Allah punishes like that. With that being said, Prophet Musa salam, he is born in Egypt. And they say, like we said before, the date is very difficult to pinpoint. But we say roughly around 1370 BCE, Musa is born and we know Musa for us is one of the greatest prophets. Huh? And his story is mentioned the most in the Quran than any other prophet. In his famous story, he is saved from Fir'aun. And by this time now, Egypt had changed. When Banu Israel, when Israel himself and his children came to Egypt, they were welcomed. Yusuf was a minister, his son. Huh? But now, the Pharaoh had taken power. And the Pharaoh who had taken power, he was not very fond of Banu Israel. And they are minority, as we call them today, they are minority. Like we said, third of third generation. He did not like them, so he turned them into slaves. And we know what he used to do with them. The worst which you can do to another human. He used to kill their males and use the females as slaves. They used to do all the manual work, the farming, the construction, and all that. Musa was saved. Manu uh, Israel, by this time, they had no freedom of religion, as we call it today. Uh, Fir'aun used to force on them to say what? I'm your Lord. You have to worship me alone. They could not worship Allah anymore. The religion of who? Yusuf salam, Islam. The religion of who? His father, Yaqub Israel, Islam. The religion of Ishaq and Ibrahim, salam, Islam. They could not practice that anymore except in secret. Musa goes to Madian. He becomes a prophet. He comes and gives da'wah to Banu Israel. First his own people to come back to Islam. 
and to Fir'aun in the famous story of Musa. Right? Allah gives him permission because Fir'aun refused to believe. Allah says to him, to what now? Time has come for Asri bi ibadi laylan. Allah promised Banu Israel, if now you are going to become true servants of mine, good Muslims, following my great prophet Musa, I will give you the greatest prize. You will go and live in the holy land of Allah, Masjid al-Aqsa, as you know in the story of Musa salam. And they complained to Musa, قالوا يا موسى أوذينا من قبل أن تأتينا من بعد ما جئتنا. We are being punished before you came to us. We are being punished after you came. Musa said to him, to them what? The land belongs to Allah. You should depend on Allah. You should seek your assistance in Allah. And Allah is going to give the land to whom he chooses, to his righteous servants. Allah gives him permission in the famous story. They go, the parting of the sea, Allah destroys Fir'aun. But Israel, they can see all of that. And now they see the true message of Musa is true. If we become righteous Muslims, Allah raises us up again. We used to be slaves. Fir'aun says, worship him. Allah raised us up. But Banu Israel, this is their problem. The children of Israel. Now I have to make another point here, which is very important, because a lot of people get confused here. When we say Jews today, because we talk about Palestine, we're talking about Jews and Muslims. You have to understand something. There's a difference. Someone who's Jew, because of his lineage, Meaning he is Banu Israel. I am Jew because I am Banu Israel. My lineage, my ancestors are Banu Israel. So I am Jewish. That is okay. Just like because he is Jew, his lineage goes back to Ishaq, Yaqub, and then Ishaq, the son of Ibrahim. And then someone is Arab, his lineage. Huh? His, go, his goes back to who? It goes back to Ismail, the son of Ibrahim, the Arabs, their forefather, the Arabs of today mostly, is Ismail. The Jews, their forefather is Ishaq, and specifically from Ishaq, Yaqub. From the Arabs, they could be kuffar, like we saw in Mecca, the Quraysh of Mecca, they used to worship idols, and Allah put them down. Allah put them down because they left the religion of Islam. Being Arab did not save them, and that is an important lesson we learn today also, we have to know that. And being Jew also, just because you're from the lineage of Ishaq and Yaqub salam, it does not save you. Allah put down Banu Israel as you read in the Quran, we'll see and we're going to see. Because they left the message. Whoever leaves the message of the prophets, Allah puts you down. And that is what we see in the Quran in the famous dua of Ibrahim salam, when he asked Allah to bless his progeny, his children. Allah says, La yanalu ahadi al-zalimin. The zalimin, those will be oppressors from your children, they won't get my promise. They won't get my promise. This is very important. So when you speak about Banu Israel, we're speaking about people or children of Banu is of, of Israel. Some of them Allah says, some of them Allah says they are great Muslims. They held on to the true religion. And many of them, they changed the religion of their prophets and their forefathers. This is very important. That is why, that is why, uh, we have in this ummah, when our Prophet became Prophet Muhammad in Medina, the Jews were there. And they were following Judaism now. So someone who calls himself Jew because he follows Judaism, the religion, he is out. And those are the people we're talking about. Whether he's from Banu Israel and most of them, the Jews, 
in Judaism, the religion, they don't want people from outside. They believe they're the chosen people of God. And if you come from outside, meaning you're not their blood, you're just there as a servant. That is a fact. Okay? That is a fact. So you have to separate between the two things. Judaism, those who practice Judaism as a religion, and a Jew, someone whose lineage is Baru Israel. He could be Jewish lineage, but he's a great Muslim. Like in this Ummah, Abdullah ibn Salam, radiallahu anhu. In fact, he was a Jewish rabbi. When the Prophet migrated to Medina, he went and asked three questions. And he looked at him and said, you are the true Prophet. And he believed in Islam. Like who also? Safiya bint Huwai, the wife of, of, of the Prophet mother. She was from the Jewish family. Her father was Jewish and they practiced Judaism, though the enemies of Islam. And she accepted Islam. So you have to separate that. And that is why the Prophet وسلم, he said, by the way, if only 10 of the Jews of Medina accepted me and they believed in me, all of them would have believed. Allahu Akbar. All of them would have believed. So you have to distinguish. And this is something very important. When we speak about Banu Israel or Jews, we are not generalizing. Some of them are good. Most of them are evil. Those who are good are those who held on to the true religion of Islam. The religion of Ibrahim and Ismail and Ishaq and Yaqub Israel up until Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa This is very important. So, Banu Israel, they are saved. But right after they crossed the ocean, now this, this is very important to know these people. And why Allah kept punishing them and he still punished them. Right on the cross the ocean, they saw people worshipping an idol. They said to Musa, Make for us an idol, just like they have an idol. And Musa said, you are crazy people, you are really ignorant. Allah just saved you. And remember now, they are joining where? They are joining, they are trekking to Masjid Al-Aqsa. That is the prize they have been given, because they are true Muslims. They believed in the Prophet Musa. And we know all the stories which happened after. Then they repented. And Musa salam is continuing and he's called by Allah. He's called by Allah. He goes there, he comes back. They overcome Harun, السلام, the prophet, the brother of Musa. Was there. By the way, Harun is older than Musa. And they worship an idol again. Musa السلام, was given the message of Allah. He comes, they begin worshiping idols again. They continue on. We know the story. Until they reach the borders now of the Holy Land, Jerusalem. And by the way, Jerusalem, where did this name come from? Jerusalem, the original name is Or Shalim, or Or Salim. And this is a name which was given by the Canaanites, like we said. Canaaniyun, these are the people who are still living in Palestine. Remember, we talked about them. They are the original people there. Ibrahim found them there, alayhi salam. Prophet Ibrahim found them there. They call the land Or Salim, meaning the land of peace. The land of peace. And this camel was changed today, it is Jerusalem. So it is a Canaanite word which meant the land of peace. Musa السلام, he continues struggling with Baru Israel. They, they harmed Musa a lot. They disbelieved in Musa so many times. That is why Allah warned us. We should not harm our prophet like how Musa was harmed by his people. When they reach the borders of the land now, Quds, Jerusalem, Musa السلام, with Harun and with his young helper. You know Musa's young help in the famous story of Musa and Hadr in Surah Al-Kaf. When Musa said to his young helper, his boy, bring our lunch, the, the fish. 
and the fish was lost in the water. In Surah Al-Kaf, that young boy, his name is Yusha' bin Nun. Yusha' bin Nun. In English, they call him Joshua. They reach the borders. Musa says to them, okay. Now also, look, Egypt changed and Palestine changed. Quds specifically changed. It is under the Canaanites. And the Canaanites, now they are disbelieving people, worshipping idols. They don't want the Muslims of Banu Israel with their prophet Musa and their prophet Harun to come in. So now there's a fight. Remember Banu Israel when they were there with Yaqub, with Ishaq, with Ibrahim, they worshipped in Masjid al-Aqsa. Now things have changed. There has to be a fight. Musa a.s. says to his people, we have to fight. They responded, Banu Israel saying, Ya Musa, there are some strong tyrant people there. We're not going there. We're not fighting them. And we're afraid of them. As in the Quran, I'm summarizing. When they said that, two righteous men, Allah says in the Quran, two righteous men, and these two righteous men, one of them is Yusha bin Nun, this young man. Two of the righteous men who used to fear Allah. That is the condition. And they know Allah's blessings on them. They say to their people, Banu Israel, enter the land. If you enter the land, Allah is going to give you victory. Don't disbelieve. And then Banu Israel with their kufr, and their kufr, and their kufr, and their kufr always, they respond with those evil words. As Allah tells us in the Quran, they said what? They said to Musa, اِذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَ إِنَّهَا قَاعِدُونَ Musa, you go, you and your God and fight. We are sitting here. They could see Baytul Maqdis. And as a punishment now, as a punishment now because of the kufr statement, Allah said what? قَالَ فَإِنَّهَا مُحَرَّمَةٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَرْبَعِينَ سَنَةٌ يَتِيهُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ Allah says to his Prophet Musa, فَلَا تَأْسَى that they should know from today that sacred land, that holy land, that sacred masjid, it is haram for them for 40 years. They will never be able to enter. Not just that, they will be wandering in the earth. Lost people. They don't even have a proper city. Allah says to his prophet Musa and Harun, don't, don't stress. Don't stress about a people who are kafirin, people who are fasiqin, evil people. And such, they could not be able to enter Baytul Maqdis. And Baytul Maqdis stayed under the control of the Canaanites, who are polytheists. They are not Muslims. And Baru Israel started their famous 40 years of wandering in the Sinai Desert. Just wandering. Staying here two years, five years here. And that is when we know in the Surah Al-Baqarah specifically all those events which happened. They're wandering in the desert. Now there's no water. They complained. Look, whenever they had trouble, they came back and became good Muslims. Allah gives them their blessings, they go back to Kufr. They complain to Musa, Allah says to Musa, strike your staff in what? On the rock. From Bajasat Minus Nata Ashrat Aina, 12 springs of water came. Every tribe with their spring. They drank, then they went back to Kufr. Allah sent them to what? Send them down what? Manna was Salwa. Manna and Salwa, food from heaven. They added and they said, Musa, no, we don't want this. We want the onions and the lentils and the, and the crazy stuff. You want onions and lentils. Allah gives you manna and salwa. Like we used to have in Egypt. Kufr, on top of Kufr. They continue with the obstinacy, worshipping idols. 
Allah destroyed them. They said to Musa, we won't believe you until we see Allah directly. All that was mentioned in the Quran, but we saw this was their punishment. That is why they could not enter Masjid al-Aqsa. Remember, those are true servants of Allah, Muslims, Allah gives you that. If you're not, Allah punishes you. And this continued until Harun, السلام, he died. Harun, he died. And when he died, they said to Musa, you killed Harun. Because he used to love us more. And he was more gentle to us than you. And Allah showed them the miracle. Allah showed them the miracle. Okay? And Musa did not live long after. It is said around two years. Around two years. And Musa, right before he died, in the authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when Musa was about to die, he made dua to Allah. He said, Ya Rabb, qarribni. Get me close. Get me close to your sacred land, to Masjid al-Aqsa. Subhanallah. Because the 40 years of wandering in the Sinai Desert were not done. But he made dua, Allah, make me die closest as possible to the Holy Land. And Allah brought him as close as possible. Rammi al-Hajra, as in the hadith. Meaning if you could throw a stone very far, that is how close he was to Quds, the Holy Land. And the Prophet sallallahu he said in the hadith, if I was there today, he was saying to the Sahaba, the companions in Medina, if I was there, meaning if you were there today, I would have shown you in the Kathib al-Ahmar, near the Red Hill. That is where Musa died and he was buried. And so Musa salam he died, the great prophet of Allah, the prophet of Islam. And after Musa died now, they continued their kufr. And that is when they left Islam and they formed this new religion called Judaism. It started there. And other religions, worshipping of idols and all of that. Okay? Before I continue, there's something very important here because we're going to talk about a lot of prophets. Where is the exact location of Prophet Musa's grave? Nobody knows. And in fact, the scholars, the ulama, are muhaqqiqun. Scholars who verify information and only talk by proofs. And that is how Islam is supposed to be, brothers and sisters. They have told us that there is no prophet who we know for sure where he is buried except Prophet Muhammad And then maybe Prophet Ibrahim in Al-Khalil. Okay, maybe. Highest chances. Anybody else, most of them is fake information. Musa alayhi salam, he died. Now, Banu Israel, who's the leader? The young boy who used to be called Yusha bin Nun, he became the prophet after Musa. You know the boy who was Surah Al-Kaf? Musa went to meet Khidr to gain knowledge. The boy who was serving him. That boy is called Yusha bin Nun, and he became the prophet after. Now he was a grown man. They say he was around 50 or so. He became the leader of Banu Israel. They continued the wandering in the desert, the punishment of Allah. Until it is said, those who migrated with Musa and Harun, nobody was under, sorry, nobody was over the age of 20 was alive. All of them had died, meaning now a new generation came. And this new generation, under the prophet Yusha bin Nun, Joshua, he taught them proper tawheed, proper Islam, they held it to the commands of Allah, and now they were ready to be given the prize of Allah, which is what? Masjid al-Aqsa. And the 40 years ended. The 40 years ended. Okay? And Yusha bin Nun, the prophet of Allah, he led Banu Israel back to the borders of Al-Quds and Masjid al-Aqsa. 
and the great fight happened. City after city started to fight the Canaanites, okay? The disbelieving people who didn't want the Muslims of Banu Israel to come into the Holy Land. And in the famous hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, authentic hadith, Lam tuhbas shams. The sun was never stopped for any human except Liyusha bin Nun, except for Yusha bin Nun. Except for who? Yusha bin Nun. When he was on his journey to go and open and liberate Masjid al-Aqsa from the idol-worshipping Canaanites. You know, Banu Israel, in their Sharia, Allah had put on them that on the day of Saturday, it was called the Sabbath, they were not supposed to fight or walk or do anything. It was just a day of worship. And so Yusha bin Nun, the great fight happened on a Friday. And evening had crept in. And they were still fighting. And he knew that if we stop fighting today against these Canaanites, these Kuffar, and we restart tomorrow, chances are we're not going to win. Allahu Alam. So he made dua to Allah. Oh Allah, delay the evening, delay the day of Saturday from starting. We know the days in Islamic uh, uh, days we start from where? From Maghrib. And Allah stopped the sun. Meaning Allah, he made time elongate. So that the Muslims under Yusha bin Nun and Banu Israel, they could win the fight. And we are Muslims. Allah is the one who created the sun. Allah is the one who created us. Allah is the one who created this earth. Allah, he does whatever he wants. We believe in the miracles of the prophets without saying how or why. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he delayed the sun from setting. And don't ask me how revolutions, I don't know, sun married. No, Allah is the one who created everything. And Yusha bin Nun, he won the fight. And Banu Israel, after a lengthy period of more than 40 years now, now they entered Baytul Maqdis. And Masjid al-Aqsa now came back to Islam. This is our point. We're talking about Masjid al-Aqsa. It came back to Islam under the great prophet Yusha bin Nun. But even that, some of those were not very good Muslims. They were told, enter. They were told in to thank Allah, enter the doors of Masjid al-Aqsa, enter the doors, eh? while you are in, 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 a, in a prostrating position, and ask Allah to forgive you, Allah says we'll forgive you all your sins, those who are good will give them more, but their kufr started again, some of them, instead of saying, they changed the words of Allah, Obstinates, there are people who are obstinate in their kufr, they insisted on kufr. They entered the land. And Yusha bin Nun, this was around 1250, again, approximately 1250 BCE. He lived with them, and Islam was established in the Holy Land of Allah, and they cleansed it of idols until Yusha bin Nun he died. Okay? Yusha bin Nun, he died. Now, when Yusha bin Nun died, there came a period where there are other prophets. You have to understand, there's a very important hadith from the Prophet which says that in Sahih al-Bukhari Muslim, or Sahih al-Bukhari Muslim, كانت بنو إسرائيل تسوسهم الأنبياء بنو إسرائيل, the children of Israel, they used to be led, تسوسهم, that's the word we used to say, siyasa, politics. 
they used to be led by their prophets. Every time a prophet died, Allah will bring another prophet. And that is the Islamic system. The leader has to know the religion of Allah properly. And we are governed and we are, ruled, we are ruled by the laws of Allah, not the laws of human beings. So whenever a prophet died, came another prophet as their leader. So Yaqub died, Yusuf was there, Yusuf died, salam. Uh, came uh, uh, Musa, we said Musa came, and then the Har Harun before him died, then Yusha bin Nun, when Yusha bin Nun died, there were other prophets who we don't know. Allah says in the Quran, some of the prophets we told you, many of them, we didn't tell you the stories. But Banu Israel, sadly, they went back to their kufr. They went back to their kufr. And this was for another, around 100 or 200 years. And they left Allah's religion. Most of them, of course, some of them still held on to Islam. The Islam which was brought by who? By Yusha bin Nun, by Harun, by Musa, by Yaqub, by Yusuf, by Ibrahim. And some of them brought this false religion now called Judaism. And all these fabrications they brought. And that is when the Canaanites, they, went, they came back, or the Jebusites to be more specific, and they took over the land again. And they took over Masjid al-Aqsa again. That is the promise of Allah. Whether we are Arabs, Africans, Europeans, Banu Israel, Jews, if we leave Allah's commands, Allah puts us down. That never changes. Until there came a time now, uh, when a new generation of Banu Israel arose, and they wanted to hold to, help, to, to, to hold on to Allah's commands. And they said to their prophet, remember the prophet is the leader. And it is said this prophet, his name is Samuel. Samuel the prophet. This story is in Surah Al-Baqarah again. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الْمَلَأِ مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ إِذْ قَالُوا لِنَبِيِّ اللَّهُ بَعَثْ لَنَا مَلِكًا نُقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِلِ اللَّهِ Listen to this. This part of the Quran is very important in how we can know siyasa to sharia, politics in Islam, leadership in Islam, governance in Islam. But that's not for today, inshallah, some other day. Allah says, remember, when a group of Banu Israel, they came to the Prophet Samuel, and they said, appoint for us a king. Why? So we can fight for Allah's religion, jihad. They made an excuse that it said, we know we can't fight this and that. Masjid al-Aqsa, we are liberated. Our excuse is we want to have a king, like everybody has a king, not just a prophet. And the prophet replied saying what? You are the people who, every time you disobey Allah, maybe Allah will put a, a king over you, and still you won't fight. Qalu the respondent, why should we not fight when we have been chased away from our land, the holy land, al-Aqsa? which is now under the politist again. This is our history. And our children were taken as slaves. And then Allah gave wahi revelation to his prophet Samuel and he said what? Now enters who? Talut. Talut, the famous righteous king, Talut. In English they call him Saul. He said, Okay, then Allah after revelation came to the prophet, he said, Allah has chosen Talut as your king. Look at these people right away. How can he be our king when he's not as rich as us? We are more rich than him. And that is not the criteria of leadership in Islam. And that is why our Islamic organizations always fail. Masjid boards and directors and our governments, they always fail. Why? Because we think the rich have to be the ones in power. 
But Israel said that. And the Prophet responded saying what? Allah has made him greater than you. In what? Fil ilm. He has more knowledge. Mastatan fil ilm wal jism. And he's more powerful and he's more strong than you. And those are the qualities of a true leader. He has knowledge of Allah. He has knowledge of this world. And he is strong. Leadership requires strength, not wealth. And they argued until they accepted Talut as their king. And they started preparations, days went by, he prepared the army, Talut was now the king. And this is the first time the system of Banu Israel changed. From just the prophet being the leader, from now to being a prophet, there's a prophet and there's the king. But all of them had to be righteous people. And the king was always under the prophet because they followed God's commands. In the famous story again in Surah Al-Baqarah. When Talut had prepared the, the army now. And they had gone out and destroyed the... They won several battles. Now they are going to the big battle as we know. The battle of what? Facing who? Jalut. Goliath. Who was said to be a huge human being. Strong. Everyone feared him. But before they went there, they had to cross the river. It is said it is the Jordan River, whatever river. And Allah revealed to his prophet Samuel, uh, what? There's a test. There always has to be a test. Allah wants to test what the true believers and those who just speak words. Allah is going to test you by that river. We are an army. We are traveling. You are thirsty maybe. But Allah is going to give you a test. You are not supposed to drink from that river or fill up whatever. The only thing you allowed, to take a handful of water and drink, that's it. It is said there was a huge, there were a huge army of around 10,000 or more. Allah says in the Quran, minhu illa minhu. Most of them drank. Most of them were disobedient to Allah. Most of them were true, were not true believers, they're not true mu'minun. And that led to what? They were told, those who drank, they cannot follow me. And the army shrank. To what is the number? Listen to this, Ayyuhal Muslim. My dear brother and sister in Islam, that is why it's important for you to read the seerah and to study the seerah. And you know we've been working, alhamdulillah, uh, to produce the, the best authentic seerah of the Prophet Go on our YouTube channel, go on our website, support us in that. The Prophet وسلم, he said in the authentic hadith, the hadith of Bara bin Azim, in the Sahih, he said, the number of the greatest Muslims who fought at Badr with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 313 or 315. We were told that that is the same number of the troops who crossed with Jalut or with, with Tualut. The number of Muslims, the greatest Muslims who fought at Badr, the greatest battle of this Ummah with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We were told by the Prophet that is the same number of the army of Tualut and his Prophet Samuel. From around thousands, there only remained 315 or 313. And they crossed. And we know. There was the famous battle. And they were fighting. But before fighting, everybody was scared of Goliath, Jalut. And he called anyone. He said, anyone wants to come on a duel, one to one. And everybody was afraid. Until this young man, whose name was Dawood ibn Yassa. Dawood Ibn Yassa, in English they call him David. He came about and he was someone who was an expert. He was an expert in what? In the catapult. 
He could kill it. He was a sharpshooter with that. And he famously killed Goliath Jaluth by shooting him down and then taking his sword and cutting off his head. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory when the army of Jaluth, they saw that the Jebusites, they got scared because the greatest warrior was killed. And they fled. And the Muslims, the Muslims of Banu Israel, under their prophet Samuel, and their king, Tualut, and this new warrior and this new hero, Dawood, they won. And Islam went back to Masjid al-Aqsa. The lands were freed from idol worship. And not long except that uh, Samuel, he died. And Dawood, alayhi salam, he became the prophet. Allah gave him what? Prophethood. Allah gave him what? Knowledge. Allah gave him what? Strength and power. Dawood, alayhi salam. We know the great prophet of Allah, Dawood. And Dawood, alayhi salam, now, we are talking about 1030 or 1010 BC. Around 1000 years before the start of this calendar we have today. So around 3000 years from today, approximately. 3000 years ago from today. Dawood ibn Yassa became the prophet of Allah. And he became the king also of Banu Israel after Tualut died. And do not believe, like I told you, the lies of these people. The kuffar of the Jews who wrote that Tualut was an evil man and he wanted to kill Dawood because he was jealous. These were righteous human beings Allah had chosen. Dawood became the king and he also became the prophet. And it is said that he was the first one to become the king and the prophet. Allah, Allah speaks greatly of Dawood. As we know. And Allah gave him special qualities. So when he went back now and he cleansed Masjid al-Aqsa. And he rebuilt the Masjid. You know he renovated it. And Dawood used to do what? Allah gave him his book the Zabur. And he used to what? Say the Tasbih. And read the, the, the Zabur. The holy book of Allah. Such that the, the bards used to say the Tasbih. Glorifying Allah with him. And the mountains. Allah says in the Quran. Ya Jibaru awwibi ma'ahu al-tayr. Allah says, Allah made him so strong, he could bend iron like this, Dawood. And he's the first human being who started to forge what? The body armor, which human beings now started to wear in what? In war. The Prophet of Allah, Dawood alayhi salam. And this was the first time that now officially Masjid al-Aqsa, after Yusha bin Nun, remember? Huh? After Yusha bin Nun. That Masjid al-Aqsa was purified. And they had complete control. And they had complete control. Dawood the great prophet of Allah. He lived for around 30 years. 30-40 years. Allahu A'lam. And we know he had given birth to his son. Sulaiman alayhi salam. Allah says in the Quran. And we made Sulaiman inherit his father. Inherit what? Wealth? No. The prophets don't leave wealth, he inherited knowledge and wisdom and good judgment. And Allah made him a prophet. And you know, Sulaiman Allah gave him greater things than his father. Sulaiman in his great famous story, inshallah, another day we'll talk about that. Allah gave him a mulk, which no other human being had been given. Kingdom and authority and powers which no other human has ever been given. He could travel with the wind, the distance of a month, he covers it in a day. 
all the shayateen, the devils, the jinns, they were under his command, they used to fear him. They didn't even raise their head to him or their eyes. And they used to make great constructions for him. And some of them used to go and dive in the oceans and bring pearls for him. And that is when in the famous hadith which you mentioned in the first episode, Sulaiman alayhi salam, and this is now important to counter the lies and the forgery and the deception of the Jews of today who say that they're trying to excavate under Masjid al-Aqsa, they are looking for what? The temple of Sulaiman. That Sulaiman built the temple for God and that was built, it was built with pure gold and all that fabrication. There's no temple. Sulaiman was the prophet of Islam, prophet of Allah. Why would he build a temple? And why would Sulaiman build a new place if the Masjid al-Aqsa is already sacred? He knows that. His father was there, Dawood. He knows that. Yusha Abin Nun was there. He knows that Ishaq was there. He knows that Ibrahim was there. Why would he build a new place? It doesn't even make sense. And with all the excavations they've been doing, these Jews of today, the Zionists, they're just trying to destroy Masjid al-Aqsa, Masjid al-Qibli. Because Sulaiman was a prophet of Islam. But he rebuilt Masjid al-Aqsa to make it fine and grand. Yes, he did that. He made it fine and grand, lavish and proper, a Masjid of Allah. In the famous hadith we mentioned in the first session, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, لَمَّا بَنَا سُلَيْمَانُ بَيْتَ الْمَقْدِسَ وَمَسْجِدِ الْأَقْصَى When Sulaiman he rebuilt Masjid al-Aqsa, he asked Allah, he made three du'as. Remember that hadith. He said, oh Allah, give me wisdom that when I judge, I judge the way you want. And oh Allah, what is the second thing? Oh Allah, give me wisdom which is like the wisdom which you want. I forgot the second thing. And the third thing he said, oh Allah, let it be that no one comes to this masjid with the intention to pray to you, except that when he or she leaves, all of his sins are erased and wiped away and he should, or she leaves like the day his mother gave birth to him. And Allah gave him the first two and the Prophet ﷺ said, I hope Allah gave him the third also. So Sulaiman ﷺ, he rebuilt the masjid of Allah. There's no temple. And this is from the fabrication of the Jews. It's not the only fabrication. You know, Sulaiman ﷺ, He's the Prophet, maybe they said most lies about. Remember, he was given great power. Allah says in the Quran, they fabricated about Sulaiman what? That his powers were not powers from Allah. It was magic, sihr. Huh? Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ لَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يَعْلِمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرُ They say that Sulaiman had this special book, which the kuffar are still fighting for. That if you have this book, then you can control all of the jinns. That is the sihr. That is the lies the shayateen, the devils, they say to deceive people. Allah says, oh, kafara Sulaiman. Sulaiman is a prophet of Allah. He could not commit kufr. Magic is kufr. And from the lies they said about Sulaiman, like I told you, they said Sulaiman even in their book, what they call the Bible today, they say he worshipped idols. And they also say that he built a temple for the Jews. Sulaiman was not a Jew. He was a Jew by lineage. He is from Baru Israel, but he was a Muslim prophet of Allah. He did not build a temple for idols or Judaism, never. So he built a masjid of Allah, he rebuilt Masjid al-Aqsa. And Sulaiman this is around 970, around 970, he lived to around 930, 930 BCE. And we know his famous story how he died. Again, I have to save a lot of time, we have to summarize a lot. When he died, Sulaiman, this is known as the golden time. 
for Banu Israel, the Muslims of Banu Israel in Quds, in Masjid al-Aqsa. When the great prophet died, they started going back to their idol worship. They started committing, in, and by the way, the Bible which we know is false, but even this, they wrote this themselves. They wrote this themselves. They started doing idolatry, worshipping idols. And they started committing incest. And they started sacrificing to false gods. And they started killing their own babies. And Allah brought back the villa. They started to be humiliated. And they split into two nations. The northern one called the kingdom of Israel. And the southern one called the kingdom of Judea. The ten tribes were in the north. Two tribes were in the south. Twelve tribes in complete. And they started fighting between themselves. Up until around 924, the king of Egypt now, he collaborated with the king of Israel, the northern empire, and he fought the southern empire, Judea, which Maitul Maqdis is in Judea. And they plundered the masjid, and they raised the masjid, and they destroyed the masjid, because the infighting of Banu Israel. Okay? And then we come to the 786, around that year. Someone else called the king of Israel, called Josh. This is also in the false Bible. We just narrated for the sake of history. He also invaded the kingdom of Judea in their infighting Banu Israel. And he destroyed the masjid. And he destroyed the masjid also. And this continued until the famous time when the Babylonians, when the Babylonians, led by their leader Nebuchadnezzar, in Arabic we call him Bukhtanassar, they invaded they invaded the Holy Land, Baytul Maqdis, and they raised it to the ground, and they brought idol worship and fire worship, and they took Banu Israel, the Jews, as slaves. This is known as the exile. They took them back to where? To Persia, Babylon. So it was cleansed of the Jews and Banu Israel, and it became a land of idol worship, and they were taken to Babylon as what? as slaves. This is around 587 BCE. And Jerusalem was burned to the ground. Okay? Up until the time now, we start what? What we call the Greco-Persian Wars. The Persians fighting the, Gre the Greeks or the Europeans. When these wars started, okay, Cyrus of Persia again, he defeated the Babylonians first. Cyrus of Persia. Babylonians what we call today Iraq. Cyrus of Persia defeated the Babylonians. When he defeated that, he liked. He said to the Jews, "Go back to Jerusalem." So they went back to Jerusalem around 539, and it continued like that. These wars being fought between the Greek, the Greco-Persian wars continuing. These ones have power. These ones have power until we come to the time of the famous Alexander. The famous Alexander, okay, Alexander, which you call the Alexander the Great.